Welcome to another edition of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. If you're tuning in on Google Podcasts, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you're tuning in on Spotify, thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you're tuning in on Apple Podcasts, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, I don't want to leave out those that are listening on any other platforms where this show may be. Uh, all I can say is uh, with it, whatever platform you're listening on, if you would go ahead, subscribe or follow whatever that platform offers, I'd appreciate that. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please go ahead and give me that five star rating and review. I would certainly appreciate it. Now on to the show. This week, we have Mike Hill from Fox Sports and Black News Channel coming through to talk a little sports with us. But before we get to Mr. Hill, of course, we got to recap the week that was and the week that's coming up in the NFL and the AFC South. But, you know, before that, of course, we do have to talk about these early hits. First one is definitely a good one for the Tennessee Titans. Wide receiver Julio Jones was designated to return uh, this week to practice, meaning he has a 21-day window to return to the active roster for the Titans. You know, of course, he was dealing with a hamstring issue, and that's what had had him out and, and listed on the uh, injured reserve. Uh, from what was said, I, I will say, from uh, by Toronto Davenport, who covers the team for for uh, the or ESPN, you know, he, he was out there today. He was, looked to be striding and uh, was working his way back. And also, if you want to see the film of that, of course, uh, just look up Toronto Davenport on uh, Instagram. He he definitely has film of uh, Julio Jones out there today. Uh, he looked to be striding, but anyway, uh, he looked to be striding and working his way back. Uh, of course, there's no indication whether he will be available this week or not as of yet. Uh, of course, uh, the Titans sure could use him, though, because, you know, they're pretty thin at wide receiver at this point. Of course, A.J. Brown is out as well, uh, among other injuries. You know, the Titans have been one of the most injury-riddled teams, so to get some pieces back would be great for them. And another mentioning of ASC South team, but this time we have a subtraction. And that would be Mr. Zach Cunningham from the Houston Texans. In a surprise to some, he actually got cut this week from the team. Of course, the talented linebacker is one of the best defensive players in all honesty. Uh, you know, it puzzles me that they would get rid of him. Uh, and take that cap hit, which reportedly is about $12 million next season. You know, keep in mind, they did sign him to a four-year, $58 million extension in 2020. But when you get into the details, you find out definitely why he was cut. Apparently, the reasons he got cut were disciplinary. He was benched for one quarter in week two for reported uh, reoccurring lateness to to, you know, the facilities or, you know, meetings or things of that nature. Then he was actually deactivated or you know, somewhat suspended, I should say, for violating team rules, which were reportedly missing 
the players uh, Sunday morning COVID-19 test. Of course, uh, when David Coley was asked about this, who is the head coach of the Houston Texans, he said essentially Cunningham had not met the standards consistent, uh, uh, consistently that were set there. So they got rid of him. Said he really didn't think about it and it really wasn't a hard decision for him either. So I'll say, I guess he's trying to uh, put his uh, imprint on that team and set his standards on that team. And, you know, I didn't expect, uh, I definitely didn't expect to hear that. But anyway, they're getting rid of him. Uh, you know, not exactly the, the, the best things to be said about you when uh, your, a team is getting rid of you. But considering his talents and that he was one, at one point led the NFL in tackles one year when he was playing for the Houston Texans, there will be people that will be calling him. You know, assuming he clears waivers and is a free agent, you know, one place that makes the most sense for him, in all honesty, is the Green Bay Packers. They need another athletic interior linebacker that, you know, they can get him for the rest of the season, get him for a cheap amount, and it's basically low-cost, high-reward. Of course, you know, that there's plenty of other teams that probably could, could talk themselves into saying they need him too. Uh, but we'll see what happens. But, you know, this isn't the last we probably see of Zach Cunningham in the NFL because, I mean, he's just too talented to not be somewhere. Uh, but we'll see what happens. But, you know, of course, oftentimes in that, you know, they, you know, the NFL, of course, values talent over, you know, things, you know, not going necessarily perfect or pleasing, you know, whatever rules are, you know, in place where you currently are. Cunningham's one of those players that that's talented. And I mean, his talent is going to get somebody to look at him. So it'll be interesting to see where he lands and what happens on his next stop. This has been this week's Early Hits. Up next is the AFC South recap and look ahead to the next week. You're listening to Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. We'll be right back after this quick commercial. Going through some things and not quite sure who to turn to? Well, let me tell you about Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching. They offer services ranging from mental health counseling parenting classes, life coaching services, therapy, alcohol and drug assessments, and so much more. And all the services are monitored by licensed supervisors. Also, they're currently offering free consultations for counseling or life coaching. All you need to do to get started is reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930- one two three zero to get started. Again, you can reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230. So if you feel you need to talk to someone or know someone that needs to talk to someone, take the time to reach out to Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching, where the motto is, it costs you your peace of mind, then it is too expensive welcome back from those commercial breaks and as promised we have our recap of the week that was and our look ahead to the weeks that week that is coming first off we have to talk about the indianapolis colts beating down the houston texans i mean it was just a pretty ugly game from the beginning i mean tyra taylor does interception on the first play 
Uh, you know, the Colts just dominating defensively. Houston just could not get anything going offensively, uh, resulted in Tyler Taylor being pulled and, you know, them throwing the rookie in there, which he didn't do much better. Uh, defensively, the Texans just really couldn't get anything going uh, at all either. So it just was a bad showing all around for the Houston Texans. Not their their, their best moment of the season. Uh, this week, of course, they have Seattle coming to town. Seattle hasn't necessarily uh, shown great things this season as well. They're four and eight, you know, four and eight versus a two and ten Houston team. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that Houston has a great shot to win this game. However, uh, it didn't like Seattle is great defensively and being great on the offensive end. However, they do have weapons, of course, in DK Metcalf and uh, Tyler Lockett. So we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe the Houston Texans come out fired up and do a few things at home. Maybe they're ready to call it a season. I mean, I, I don't think they're you know going to call it a season, but you know they potentially could. You know, we'll we'll see what happens and. Uh, you know, hopefully it'll be better than this week. This past week was for them. As far as the Jacksonville Jaguars, <clears throat> they actually went out to the West Coast to play against the Los Angeles Rams, which is I dubbed the Jalen Ramsey Bowl. Now, at first, Jacksonville was hanging in the game, and you were like, eh, maybe they might do something here. Then the Rams woke up and became the Rams. So they ended up uh, blowing them out in uh sofi stadium out there in los angeles and you know really wasn't much of a contest uh the jaguars they still got some things to work on offensively you know of course trevor lawrence still trying to develop still trying to do a few things uh, you know defensively you know at times they have been pretty solid and other times you just don't know if they're all the way there yet but you know that's the sign of a team that is still trying to find itself so you know, this week, Jacksonville has another chance to try to find themselves when they take on the Tennessee Titans, who are, you know, of course, trying to uh, get themselves uh, back on the right track as well. You know, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, Jacksonville, of course, they still got a long, long way to go. And as far as uh, the Tennessee Titans, of course, you know, they're fresh off the bye week, getting a little recuperation, a little rest. Uh, hopefully uh, a lot of mental rest as well because the last two weeks have been pretty rough, losing to the Houston Texans and then losing to the New England Patriots uh, up in Foxborough. You know, maybe they'll get some players back, Julio Jones back at practice, you know, uh, trying to work his way back in. And then over the next couple of weeks, they're supposed to get more players potentially back as well. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully uh, this week, is a better week than the previous two playing weeks were uh, for the Tennessee Titans. And, of course, Indy, you know, they're a hot team right now in the NFL. And, you know, unfortunately, they are on a bye week for them. It's fortunate for them to get some rest. Unfortunate just because it slows down the momentum. So they're on a bye week. They get to get some rest, uh, get to kick back and watch some games. And more than likely, they're hoping that, uh, of course, Tennessee loses and they get a little bit closer. But they're also hoping that the teams that are ahead of them in the uh, play for, you know, in, in a playoff positioning uh, take a loss as well. So, I mean, we'll see what happens this week. That's the uh, we talked about. That was the <clears throat> going over the recap of the week and the week that is coming up. Uh 
I would say not necessarily the most exciting matchups. Uh, one division matchup and then a uh, AFC versus uh, NFC matchup. Uh, I would say Seattle's probably going to more than likely win that game. Uh, and, of course, in Jacksonville and Tennessee, anything can happen in a game, uh, a division game. So we shall see what happens. But up next, we have Fox Sports and Black News Channel's Mike Hill up next on touring the AFC South. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Do you feel the need? The need for speed? Yeah, I know. We're not living in Top Gun times. But if you have a middle or high school student looking to gain speed or you are a collegiate or professional athlete that's wanting to get faster, then you need to check out Hulk Flash Performance, a partner of X3 Performance located at Boost Fit Club in Nashville, Tennessee. Middle schoolers, you can train up to two times a week for $200 and high schoolers, three times a week for $300. Now, let me give you some facts about speed training. Speed training is a skill that grows like a tree, meaning you could see quick and dramatic improvements, but for the best results, those happen over long periods of time. Are you ready to commit to the process? If so, you can fill out the form at form.jotform.com backslash 212-725-252-786056. Again, that is form.jotform.com backslash 212-725-252-786056. And someone will contact you as soon as possible. Let's sit, let's get you to top speed with Hulk Flash Performance. Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. I'm your host, Mike Patton. And uh, I don't know if anybody remembers out there this song called Back in the Day by a mod that came out in 1994. Uh, please forget it was sampled by, uh, it was, you know, Love TKO, Teddy Pendergrass was sampled for that song. But anyway, um, today's guest has done a lot of things and been a lot of places, some in sports. The sports world have, you know, known him, known him for a long time, and others are just getting to know him from, of course, the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Either way, it goes. You know him, you recognize his face and voice. Welcome to the show, Arthur, Fox Sports host and one half of the uh, hosting duo of Start Your Day with Sharon and Mike, uh, with Sharon Reed on the Black News Channel. Mike Hill, what's going on, man? What's up, Mike? How you doing, man? Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for coming on. Uh, and I got to ask, uh, you know, you do a show that's on the West Coast sometimes and you do a show that's on the East Coast. That has to be taxing. Now, how do you do it? I'm still trying to figure it out. Like right now, I'm in LA, and I have to be up. I'm I'm just counting down the hours of the time I have to be up, and I haven't even gone to sleep yet. So, to let you know on a nightly basis that you know the stress of just having to actually go to sleep, trying to get at least two or three hours of sleep a night, just to get up at one o'clock in the morning to be on the air at three o'clock in the morning on the West Coast, man, it takes a lot out of you. But you know, I wouldn't change for anything in the world. It's a great experience, and I'm I'm happy to be doing it. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, I also want to ask about uh, your segment uh, you have on the Black News Channel, which is uh, Mike Check. Uh, for those that have not seen it, it gets real on there. <laughs> yeah. So, how did you come up with that? 
Mic check is kind of, I've been doing mic checks for a long period of time. I, used, I started doing it like on my social media page. Uh, just if I had something to say, if I had something to get off my chest. You know, I always try and brand myself with, you know, mic. It's just easy because of what I do. You know, my book is called Open Mic. Um, just who I am, what not being open with myself. Obviously, my name is Mike, so I play off the word, word microphone and my name, Mike. Uh, and then, uh, so mic check was just like, okay, let me check this thing. Let me see if it's on because I want to see if you hear me. You know what I mean? When I'm doing it. So that kind of plays off of that. So my, my segment, Mike Check, started off on Instagram with me just kind of, you know, words of, of, the, of the day, some kind of wisdom that I felt like that somebody gave to me that was on my heart and I wanted to share with uh, all the followers that I have. And then so it just kind of spawned on uh, on BNC, on uh, Start Your Day, uh, to have other fellas on there with me. You know, just kind of talk about some topics that um that are important for black men in our community at this particular time anything that's relevant anything that's going on i just want honest thoughtful transparent conversations and uh yeah like you said so far it's been really good because we've had some really good dialogue i definitely watched the one uh you had uh about uh talking about uh abuse uh, and men talking about abuse I, I watched that one that one was that one was really good um, yeah yeah well that's something that's really important to me, man, when it comes to abuse and, uh, you know, that men, especially black men, are able to come out and talk about if they've suffered any kind of abuse, whether it be any kind of mental trauma, physical trauma, sexual trauma, whatever. Uh, I think we have to get to the point, it's 2021, where we can be open about those types of things and um, be able to get the help that we need. You're right. You're right. Now, speaking of segments, uh, of course, uh, plenty may not be aware that you were actually in Nashville for a time. On WKRN Channel 2 from 1997 to 2000. I remember watching you on the news. Uh, I'm now I'm, 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 I'm dating you. I'm sorry. But I remember watching you on the news when I was in high school. <laughs> what, was, uh, yeah. what, was the, what was the energy like when you were there? You know, it's crazy. But I, that's cool. You was in high school. That's good because I was, I was still young myself. That was like my second or third job. So I was like, I think I was like 26 years old when I first got to Nashville. So I'm good with that. I'm still, I'm an older guy, but that's cool. Um, no, the energy was great. When I first got there, you know, like Nashville today, from what I understand, 25 some odd years later, uh, has grown tremendously from downtown. I think you guys got something called the Gulch or something like that that wasn't there. Just imagine when I first got there, the Batman building had just gone up. The stadium uh, I think they call it Nissan Stadium. It just had gone up, and it was called the Gaylord Entertainment Center. Had just gone up in downtown Nashville, so Nashville was kind of thriving in that in that way. So I was there from the beginning of the breaking of grounds, but I was also there when the Predators began play, I believe, in '96, and I was there when the Oilers came to town uh, as the Oilers and obviously uh, spurned uh, spawned, spawned into the Titans. So it was really fun and exciting, man. But What's crazy is even though they had all these uh, the, the professional teams that were there, including the Sounders at the time, my best experience, the most fun I had was covering high school football when I was down there on Friday nights, man, being <laughs> able to go up that chopper, going to these different uh, these different academies, BGA, going to Brentwood Academy, you know, going down to Franklin or whatever, and just flying in this helicopter, man, across the state, uh, around the city and the metro area to bring out those highlights, man, on Channel 2. So... I had a great time, man. The buzz and a phenomenal sports scene down in Nashville when I was there. No, I actually uh, played at Brentwood Academy, so yeah, you you might have actually came out to one of my games. <laughs> there you go. That's why your name's familiar. Okay. 
<laughs> now speaking of uh, <laughs> speaking of energy, uh, the uh, then Houston Oilers, of course, moved to Nashville, became the Tennessee Titans uh, during the time you were here, and of course, they made the Super Bowl run. Can you describe the energy around the city when the Titans were making that magical run? Man, it was crazy. That was my first time ever having an opportunity to obviously cover a professional team because I started off in Fresno. So Nashville, no, I started off in Hagerstown, Fresno. So Nashville was my third job. I had never covered a professional team before. And like I mentioned, I got an opportunity to cover two at the same time with the Predators and, and the Titans being there. Uh, they were Oilers, and then when they were back and forth from Memphis and they finally got their stadium and they became the Titans, that's when the buzz uh, hit the town. That's when Nashville felt like they really had a football team because uh, they were pretty much nomads. Uh, they had come from Houston. Nobody really knew much about the team or whatever, unless you were, unless you were a diehard football fan and it felt like it was theirs. The Oilers, the starting room of that being a huge uh, deal because they felt like that was Houston's team and not Tennessee's team. So when they finally got their own stadium, got their own colors and got their own name, that was Tennessee and it was the Titans. That's when the buzz started. Uh, coming into the city, and it just kind of went through that whole magical season. I remember that season like it was the back of my hand, 1999-2000, um, when they had some phenomenal players, Eddie George, Steve McNair, a quarterback. Um, you know, the Javon Curse was a rookie on that on that football team. Uh, Marcus Robinson, Blaine Bishop, some of those guys. So just to see that run, I believe that year they started off 6-0. Their first loss was against the, the, the Rams on Halloween. I remember all that type of stuff. So it was uh, it was just a buzz. And I remember people thinking this could be a special team. This could be a special year. And they really started buying into it. And they really bought into it. And, of course, Jeff Fisher was the man behind it. And uh, like I said, it was just that magical run. And people forget that was the year that they had the Music City Miracle as well in order for them to get to the Super Bowl. So once that happened, I remember once they had the Music City Miracle in that last play against the Buffalo Bills, I remember thinking to myself, this team is going all the way. I mean, when things like that happen for you, when uh, the cars are in your favor in, in situations like that, that means something magical is really going to happen. We already felt the buzz before that, and it just kind of catapulted them all the way to, to Atlanta for the Super Bowl where they came up one yard short. Yeah, that one still stings for a lot of Titans fans. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, it does, man. But, you know, being there, just being a part of that and just being, going through that journey with that team and then seeing – Injection in the locker room afterwards, man. It was just it's surreal. I mean, it's like I said, it was man, that was 20, 21, 22 years ago. And it feels like just like yesterday. It was a bit, it's a vivid memory that I'll never forget. They're probably the only team that got a parade for losing the Super Bowl. I remember doing that too. I remember <laughs> we covered that parade parade live. I was inside the stadium interviewing fans and people were just so proud of the team. It was like Nashville had something, a professional sports team that was relevant. Uh, and it was theirs, like I said. So you're talking about the buzz. They had a buzz. I was in the city. And they felt and they really embraced that team. You got to understand, before that, to be honest with you, their professional football team was the Tennessee Balls. The Tennessee Volunteers were the premier football team in the state of Tennessee and in the city of Nashville before the Tennessee Titans made that run to the Super Bowl that year. And then after that, you know, they just became a very relevant team and had a nice little run for a couple of years. And uh, that the, um, the rivalry they had with the Baltimore Ravens and Ray Lewis and, and all that type of stuff. So it, it was it was a good time during that time. And now it's, it seems like it's coming back a little bit. Speaking of uh, speaking of now, of course, uh, you know, you see the tweets, uh, you know, the Titans have been facing a war of attrition with when it comes to players like wide receiver Julio Jones, Bud Dupree's been out, A.J. Brown, you got Derrick Henry, 
I mean, they're facing a ton of injuries. They've had the most players on a team that have been active in NFL history this year. They broke that record. Mm-hmm. So, but some of those guys are going to start coming back. And, like, for example, Julio Jones is back at practice now. That window's open up for him to get back out there. Now, Derrick Henry is the main person that everyone's going to talk about potentially coming back. And, of course, we won't know that one until it gets to, you know, the end of the season, stuff like that. Now, say they get those guys back that I mentioned, Dupree, Henry, um, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, for the playoffs. Do you think they have a chance to make a magical run like they did the first year here? Absolutely. I mean, yes. I mean, who? If you bring those type of players, you're talking about not just Pro Bowl players, you're talking about all pro caliber players on your football team, two of the greatest of their era, and uh, Julio Jones and, and, of course, uh, Derrick Henry, who's still, to me, the best running back in the league. I know Jonathan Taylor's having a really good season this year as well, but Derrick Henry's a beast in that backfield, uh, and you got a phenomenal coach in Mike Brable. Absolutely. I mean, look, they're doing it without him. They, they got the second, I believe they got the second best record in the AFC still uh, behind the New England Patriots right now. They're still very relevant. To be able to win that war of attrition, that next man up, I think it's only going to help uh, the Tennessee Titans coming down the stretch. So when you get those guys back, guess what you got? You got some depth. You got guys that have played the game so that if somebody else goes down, they know they can fill that role or whatever. So as long as they don't get into their heads, the egos, the guys that are getting a lot of playing time now, when those guys, the superstars, come back to the team, as long as they don't check out and they stay within that team concept, absolutely. I don't see a reason why the Tennessee Titans, as a matter of fact, looking at all the teams, if they get those players back and they're healthy, which they won't be 100%, obviously, coming back from injury. But if I were to put that team on paper, knowing what I know now, when you consider some of the top teams in the league being Baltimore got a series of injuries, I don't know how much I still really believe in New England and the Patriots, even though they're winning, they're hot right now. Uh, they're running the football crazy to Mac Jones through the ball three times. I don't know how you want to take that. That was good coaching, to be honest with you. Um, and Buffalo underachieving. Uh, Pittsburgh not really being relevant. The Colts are somebody I'm afraid of, to be honest with you. But if I were to put the Titans on paper with those guys coming back, I would probably put my money on the Titans to go all the way to the Super Bowl. Uh, and represent the AFC, to be honest with you, if I knew those guys were back and they would help. Yeah, it's definitely a big if. But, uh, you know, another big if uh, is the, the Indianapolis Colts, like we you just mentioned. I mean, right now, they're not in the playoff picture. They're in the A spot. So they're going to have to have a pretty fanatical finish to make the playoffs. So, you know, even though they're hot right now, of course they've got uh, Cincinnati, Denver, Pittsburgh. Uh, they got a. Um, I'm sorry, they've got um, the Patriots, the Cardinals, Raiders, and Jaguars left on the schedule. I mean, I'm Raiders looking at that. What's okay. that? Yes, that's their schedule. They got the yeah. Patriots, the Cardinals, Raiders, and Jaguars. Yep. Coming up. Wow. Okay, that'll be tough. But you also got to look at the teams that are ahead of them, too. Right? So you remember this year they're going to have seven playoff teams, right? right. So it's not going to be six playoff teams. So they have seven playoff teams. So you're right, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They're in a nice spot right now. Oh, uh, nice. Pretty yeah. Much yeah, they're just pretty much there because they got a, a seven and six over the Raiders right now. So they're in a nice spot, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, yeah, nine. Um, so they, they're basically a half game behind the Buffalo Bills right now. 
that's that game against the Pats. Uh, where is that game? Is that in New England? I think that game is in uh, New England. Yeah, that game. So I mean that that could determine a lot about their season. That uh, that game is actually uh, in Indianapolis. Ah, well, that's that's even better for them. So that's in Indianapolis, and they got a team. To me, that's what I like about the Patriots. I mean, the uh, the Colts is that they got a team that's built for this time of year. You know, they're they're strong on both sides of the football. Both uh, lines are really solid. Uh, they're a team that can rush the quarterback and still play zone defense in the backfield or whatever on defense. And like I said, Jonathan Taylor is uh, having an MVP type season. Second one, and you know you got Carson Wentz who's not making mistakes. He's doing enough to help win that football game uh, for them and whatnot. So I think you look at they beat the Pats. I say let's say they lose to the Cardinals. They can easily beat the Raiders. That's going to be a playoff pretty much determining uh, who's going to get in between the two of those more than likely. And then end the season with the Jags. I, I like their chances of actually being there because of the teams that are in front of them, especially the Pittsburgh Steelers. I can't rely on them. Uh, and uh, the Buffalo, and I'm looking at maybe the Chargers bouncing down a little bit more because they've been really inconsistent, even though the Chargers are in the fifth spot right now. So even if the Bengals and the Bills made it, Steelers could still sneak in there uh, and the Chargers could slide out and maybe uh, the, the Colts uh, slide on into that seventh spot. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you know, the Colts definitely have to finish strong, but, um, you know, going to be a tough, tough, tough go. But, you know, speaking of tough goes, uh, we're going to talk about a guy that actually was at, I believe was at Fox uh, covering games <laughs> uh, a couple years ago. That would be Mr. Urban Meyer. Now, the Jazz got blown out in Los Angeles versus the Rams. And, you know, they're currently 2 and 10. Do you think they will make it? you know, as with Urban Meyer to actually be successful with him at the helm? Or do you think he, he's going to, you know, have a health issue and then decide he's going to retire? Again? <laughs> that's that's the thing. That's the million-dollar question a lot of people will ask. I thought he was going to have a health issue with his wife early in the season. <laughs> I thought that was going to be the retirement of him as a person. Um, but he got past that. Uh, he got past a little hiccup with his uh, his team too by not flying back from the team to Jacksonville. So, uh, and they've won since then. Um, that's the good thing. Uh, they got that little monkey off their back a little bit. They, at least they got some wins. Look, Jacksonville is a terrible team. It's a horrible team. It's hard to turn around a culture. Uh, and not only is he turn around the football team and help try and win football games in a division that you got the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans in right now, and then playing in the AFC, which is really tough, and then you know, the teams that they've had to play, you know, it, it's tough to turn around just like that, even if you got and you got a rookie quarterback who was good in, in, in college, but he's still a rookie quarterback and he's still growing. Uh, one thing I know about Urban Meyer, if he does stay there, if his health does hold up and he's able to stay there, I, I believe, I know he has what it takes as, as a coach to turn things around and people buy into his system, but they got to buy into everywhere he's gone. He's won Bowling Green. Uh, he's improved his second year, I believe. Where did he go next? He went to Florida. He went to Utah and went undefeated uh, right. there uh, with, with Alex Smith as a quarterback, made Alex Smith number one overall pick. Florida, I think he won the national championship his second season there. At Ohio State, he was undefeated his first season at Ohio State, won the national championship his third year. So this guy, if you buy into his system, and I know how great his coach of mine is just from being his colleague over at Fox and working with him and seeing him how he breaks down films or whatever and whatnot and how some of the players there, it could be a little mercurial. He could be a little odd <laughs> personality-wise, but 
once again, he's a really good football coach, and I got mad respect for him. And, you know, I think, like I said, if he's into it, I believe the team will turn around. Got you, got you. Well, we have somebody that actually hit up the uh, the AFC South uh, inbox asking, where is Cynthia? <laughs> <laughs> She's downstairs, man. She's just resting right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, um, lastly, of course, we do have to talk about the Houston Texans. That that's been pretty rough uh, team, a pretty rough team to follow. If you're a Texans fan as well, um, it hasn't necessarily been the best run for David Coley. Uh, do you think he actually gets a chance to turn it around down there? Or do you think management kind of pulls the plug on him? Uh, uh, they, 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 they they would know. They better not do that to that brother, man. They were talking about a culture that's terrible right now. They got a horrible culture. I mean, they got a lot of stench to clean up, and David Coley can't do it just on the football field. I mean, like, you, one of the best top five quarterbacks in the league, you can't just, like, sit him out the entire season, not play him, get nothing in return for him, and say, okay, you're going to win football games. Now, some people have been able to do it. You got a good atmosphere, good people around, but the culture was already terrible. One of the big reasons why Deshaun won it out now I know he's got some off-the-field issues. He's got to deal with the team's got to deal with as well. But one of the reasons he wanted out is because of the culture that's down there uh, with the Houston Texans. So he's got a lot to deal with. So if they were to get rid of a guy like David Cullen, when there's been a lot of emphasis on the lack of African-American coaches in the National Football League, you get that brother one season or even just two seasons. Now, it, it, it'd be one thing if he just didn't coach well at all and the players just quit on him. That's one thing. But if he's down there and the players are working hard for him, it's going to take some time to go ahead and uh, mop all that stinking crazy stuff that's down there. It's going to take a while. Yeah, it definitely is uh, pretty interesting, to say the least, down there. Um, now, of course, we talked about the divisions, talked about the teams. I want to ask you about the Rooney Rule. Now, we've seen some adjustments to it over the time, you know, over time, but uh, – do you do you you know how do you think we move forward towards more equality in the coaching arena with even with the adjustments that have happened? They just need to hire. Well, first of all, they need to hire more black general managers, and we need black owners. We need black ownership. Look, I mean, they don't get it. A lot of people in the community just don't get it. The National Football League, and I've said this numerous times, that I think it just has a history of being racist. It does. I mean, you think about it over the years. Um, you know, from the Colin Kaepernick situation to uh, they, they they have a, I don't say, I shouldn't say this, they, it's a, almost a slave owner mentality. And not just with black players, but white players too. In and out, how they come in, they get rid of you once you ain't good enough anymore to perform for them or whatever. So they, they have an issue of doing things like that. Uh, the National Football League knows that they have to take a really deep dive and deep look at themselves in the mirror and realize that they have a culture issue, that they have an issue when it comes to race relations, uh, not only on the football field, but behind the scenes in the front office or whatever. It's a shame when you only have a handful, you know, one or two uh, black general managers uh, in the National Football League and 70% of the players are black. It's a shame when you only have three black head coaches and you have no owners. You know what I mean? That's how, how can that how can that be? You know, so until that changes, it's just like a lot of the other corporations that are around here in, in the country uh, until you get somebody that understands the, the plight of an African-American and understand that uh, they shouldn't be judged on a curve like they do sometimes where they look and say, well, uh, a black man has to do almost 150 
50 percent time more than a white person be able to see as equal but give them the opportunity that they deserve like the eric the enemies of the world and the, the Byron leverage of the world the, those guys that they need give them the real opportunities to go out there like you, the fact that you brought up david cullen and said if he's going to get an opportunity to stay around after one year that lets you know the mindset the culture we didn't say the same thing the, the question that you asked me about urban Meyer was like is he going to leave not if they're going to get rid of him is he going to leave that's the mindset that we have because of the history of the national football league in a nutshell yeah you make a great point definitely make a great point and last but not least you mentioned their names already that would be uh byron leftwich who is the officer coordinator for the tampa bay buccaneers and eric Bienemy, who is the officer coordinator for the kansas city chiefs in your opinion does one both or neither of them get a head coaching job this offseason I think they both it depends on like well it depends on how many openings there are i mean I don't, I don't know who's getting fired to be honest with you i mean like the the teams that are still horrible this year uh they were horrible last year they they just hired people detroit jacksonville so they're going to give them extra uh a, another chance uh the giants may be looking for a head coach that's the thing it's like i'm trying to think minnesota minnesota yeah and you know what's crazy is i love them and that's my guy. Like, I've been knowing Zim since I covered the Cowboys back in Dallas. And so I would hate to see Zim lose his job. But, yeah, if, if he if he does falter, then, yeah, there's going to be Mike opportunities out there. Uh, we'll see what the Giants do with, uh, with with Judge, how they judge him. No pun intended when it comes to that after the season or whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I think if they don't, it'll be a shame. Uh, and if one of them doesn't, it'll be an embarrassment, to be honest with you. I hear you. I hear you. Well, I definitely want to thank you for your time and thank you for coming on. And uh, just want to, you know, let everyone know where they can find you, what all you have going on. I'm pretty sure everyone knows, but, you know, you, you got to, you know, tell them, of course, obviously. <laughs> uh, well, you can find me on social media channels on uh, It's Mike Hill, ITS Mike Hill on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, please go out there continue to support my book, Open Mike. It's in bookstores right now, uh, barnesandnoble.com, walmart.com. Uh, it is amazon.com. So please continue to support that. Uh, it's really big, and uh, uh, we're trying to help people with mental health when it comes to that. Uh, please consider, continue to support me on uh, BNC. Start your day. If you can get up early in the morning, I believe in Nashville, it comes on 5 o'clock in the morning, 5 a.m. until 9 a.m. Uh, weekdays, Monday through Friday on the Black News Channel. Uh, and support me and Cynthia and a lot of endeavors that we got going on together uh, and um, and separately. So, yeah. So whoever asked for that, for Cynthia, you know, you'll be seeing a lot more of both of us, even though she's not on the show anymore. Uh, in the upcoming future, we got a lot of things that's happening. Well, one thing I will also say is I do have my copy of the book. It is a good book. So anybody who's listening, go get it. Secondly, um, I would say, if you're listening and you want the Black News Channel in your area, talk to you, your providers, things like that. Try to figure out how to get it in your area. That's another thank thing you. you can do. Um, yeah. Just want to thank you again for coming on. Uh, and uh, you've been, everyone, you've been uh, listening and watching to Touring the ASC South with your host, Mike Patton. I'm out. All right, Mike.